My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Well, welcome. As we continue our journey through the Word of God and we are continuing our journey through Matthew chapter 10, we're going to be looking at verses 32 to 42 today. And I hope that you're going to enjoy this. If you've not had a chance to go back and watch any of the previous videos or listen to them on the podcast, please go back and do that. And you can always subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please encourage uh, people to do that. Uh, that is a place where it's so easy to watch all the playlists of the different books of the Bible that I've done, and it's a great platform for spreading that. But so are the podcasts, Instagram, Facebook. Links are always in the description below. Let's get into Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Jesus has just warned his disciples of the persecution that would come with being his follower and doing what he commanded them to do. So now he says, okay, now I'm going to equip you with some attitudes right now that you need to have. See, God always knows about the attitudes that we need. Verse 32, therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my father who, who is in heaven. This is an amazing passage right here. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before my father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father. He's quoting here from the Old Testament a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. The disciple, a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ, must confess Jesus publicly before men. If we will not be public about our allegiance to Jesus Christ, we cannot expect him to be public about his allegiance to us. That means that everyone that Jesus called, he called publicly. And there is no such thing as a secret Christian. Uh, the, it's a contradiction in terms, at least not in a permanent sense. I can understand, you know, maybe if you uh, get a revelation of, of who Jesus is and you're on a hike somewhere and you're in the middle of nowhere just by yourself, I understand that there's a time before you see somebody and you've got to go and declare it to somebody. But there's no such thing as a secret, quiet Christian who's told nobody they're a Christian. Each individual Christian life should supply evidence, evidence that can be seen by the world that they are actually indeed Christians. And it is to be feared that many modern Christians right now, if they were arrested for the crime of following Jesus and tried in a court, would actually have the charges dismissed because there would be a lack of evidence against them. Spurgeon said, What Christ is to you on earth, that you will be to Christ in heaven. Whatever Jesus Christ is to you on earth, you will be to him in the day of judgment. If he be dear and precious to you, you will be precious and dear to him. If you thought everything of him, he will think everything of you. Yet we should never miss that Jesus here claimed that our eternal destiny depended upon our response to Jesus. It's actually very egocentric. 
It's a striking characteristic of the teaching of Jesus. But it's not out of ego. It's out of him understanding that he's the only one that would pay the price and be the sacrifice and him setting the rules. Him saying, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father. You and I can't confess ourselves to the Father and bypass Jesus. There's no other way to the Father but by Jesus, which is why we must reject any false gospel that ignores this verse and says, no, I actually think that people will go to heaven without confessing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Jesus said it won't happen, so therefore it won't happen. doesn't matter how much mercy you have, and I understand that you have mercy for people. I understand that you don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want people to go to hell either. That's why I'm a minister for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm working as a hard-working laborer so that more people will find Jesus. But Jesus himself said, I didn't come to bring peace. Many people want peace. Oh, well, there needs to be peace in the world. I'm praying for peace. Just pray for peace. Jesus said, I'm, I didn't come to bring peace. But a sword, the message of Jesus, which, which is reflected in the Sermon on the Mount, which should be a message of peace, you would imagine, because it's all a matter of love for everybody and do unto others as, they, as you'd have them do unto you. That message is a message of peace. So therefore, you, it would make sense that that message should bring peace. But it calls the individual to a radical commitment to Jesus Christ himself. And it's, it's a message of peace that divides people between those who choose Jesus and those who reject Jesus. And the division between those two choices explains how Jesus said, I came to not bring peace, but a sword. And the, and the sword divides people who believe in Jesus and people who don't. The dividing line between those who accept Christ and those who reject him is even going to run through families. The sword that Jesus spoke of would sometimes cut through families. Jesus said, he who loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. In very strong terms, Jesus explained that a disciple, a disciplined follower, must love and follow and serve Jesus above all else. And our devotion to Jesus must come above even our own household. So hard to reconcile. And we should expect that normally following Jesus should make us a better husband, a better father better wife, a better mother, better son, better daughter, and so on. But there are times when the presence of Jesus will actually divide us more than it will unify us. David Guzik said, the greatest danger of idolatry comes not from what is bad, but from what is good. Like love in our family relationships, the greatest danger to the best comes from second best. That's what it is. If you say, I don't want to reject my family and accept Jesus because I don't want to lose my family, you will lose Jesus and your family in eternity. Jesus said, take his cross and follow me. The disciple has to follow Jesus. You have to choose to follow Jesus even to the place of taking Jesus' cross. Now, when a person took a cross in Jesus' day, it was only for one reason, to die through the process of crucifixion. The ancient Roman cross was not something where negotiation took place, where compromise happened. Uh, it didn't make deals. There was no looking back when you were on the cross. Your only hope was in resurrection life because you were going to die. So when he says his cross, we have to understand that 
your cross isn't really your particular trial or trouble that you're finding. The cross means one thing, death. That's what it means, death to self, but resurrection life to God. Now, it's the first mention here of the cross in Matthew's gospel, and it's not directly associated actually with Jesus' own crucifixion because that hadn't even come up yet. It was, mind you, Jesus knows what's going to happen. But such an extreme statement that Jesus is making, likening discipleship with the horror of crucifixion, was something that seemed too terrible to be mentioned uh, in certain companies. And it probably was very brutal to the disciples' ears to hear it. But they, because they knew what the cross was all about. He says, he who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. So a disciple, a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ lives in a constant paradox because you can only find your life by losing it. You can only live by dying. Resurrection life can only come after we take up our cross and follow Jesus. Spurgeon said, a Christian who shuns the cross is no Christian. But a cross bearer who does not follow Jesus equally misses the mark. Very interesting. Verse 40. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Very interesting words. You could, you, you could imagine the disciples listening to this, trying to navigate this, the riddle, if you like. Jesus said, he who receives you receives me. The good that was going to be done to Jesus' disciple was as if it was done to Jesus himself. Why? Because they were his ambassadors. They were his representatives. They were carrying on his ministry. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. We can share in the reward of God's servants by supporting them in their work. Even even seemingly insignificant works of kindness, like giving somebody a cup of cold water performed for God's people, is meaningful in God's eyes. So if you ever see a thirsty preacher, give them some water. <laughs> what, what could seem more insignificant than giving somebody a cup of cold water? David Guzik said, in a short time, they're going to be thirsty again. Yet even such a small gesture will always be remembered and rewarded by God. They shall by no means lose their reward. The promise is that those who are his disciples really do represent Jesus. But there's an associated cost and there's an associated reward with that. Which leads me to my observations today. Uh, and I must be as, as strong in this as I can be with the, the compassion, driven by my compassion for your eternity. Do not listen to any gospel that tells you that you don't have to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour to be saved. That is a lie from a sheep who's probably wearing wolf's clothing or a wolf that's put on sheep's clothing. 
In other words, they look fluffy on the outside and they look amazing. But they're telling you, you don't need to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in order to go to heaven. You don't have to do that. Only one person is going to tell you that, and that's the devil himself. Because Jesus said, you have to confess me before men in order for me to confess you before the Father. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's what we have. We then have an opportunity here to observe that accepting Christ and following Christ means becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Disciples are disciplined followers who are God's ambassadors. Being an ambassador is not for the faint of heart. And it's also not for the person who does not want to confess who Jesus is to them. An ambassador has to have the confidence to confess that what they are saying comes from somebody they believe. And they know that the person they're delivering the message to needs to hear it. And to be an ambassador means you've got to go into enemy territory. It means you are being sent from your safe territory to enemy territory to deliver a message. That's the life of a disciple. That's not always going to be received peacefully. Not everybody's going to get pumped about the message that you're an ambassador with. Some people are going to reject the message. But your job and my job is to deliver the message. Jesus has done his job in order to give us a message to tell. Jesus will do his job to judge those based on whether they accepted that message or not. Therefore, they accepted him or not. You and I do our bit. As I say often, you do you. I'll do me. Let God be God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence today. And I pray, Lord, that we would have an opportunity right now to make sure that our salvation is secure in you through public confession. So, Lord, I just want to lead people in a prayer right now in case they have not ever made a confession for Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that they would listen to this and understand that this is the way to be saved, that they would pray this prayer out loud right now. Pray it out loud so that if somebody said, what are you praying? Why are you praying out loud? They can say, I'm just confessing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. I repent of my sin. Please come into my heart today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day.